right. Hey, welcome to church today. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. For those of you that do not know me, hey, I want to welcome everybody that's watching us on YouTube Live. Thank you for tuning in and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. And whoever's going to watch us, wherever you're going to watch us throughout the week, thank you for listening to this message. I hope that it blesses you. Hey, if you haven't uh, subscribed to our YouTube channel, please do. Um, also, we have uh, we also have a podcast that we've launched last week. So. Uh, iTunes or, or, or Spotify, so you can listen to me while you shovel snow in your driveway. Come on. We've been doing a lot of that lately. Uh, man, I am so excited for this series. Uh, really quick, I got a couple things that I want to talk about before we jump into our new series today. Uh, one uh, is our Miracle in Motion. Uh, December is really like our, our generosity month, it's our month that we focus on, on giving and being generous. And uh, last year we did a Miracle in Motion. It's just a one-time offering that, that's over and above uh, your monthly tithe. And, and really what it's for is to further the mission and vision of Passionate Life Church. Uh, last year we tried to renovate a cafe. We didn't raise enough money, so we're going to try to do it again, okay? Uh, it will get done someday, and it's going to be awesome, okay, when it gets done. Uh, and so we just want to uh, just, many of you are so new to church uh, that you don't know that we are a 501c3. What does that mean? Is It means when you give, you get a tax break. Now, that's not why we give. We give to God because God blesses us. God's favor is upon us. Uh, but we just want uh, to be in your thoughts this month uh, as you're thinking about getting a tax break, all right? Um, so that is going to, we're going to be kicking that off next week with our Miracle Motion. You'll see some orange envelopes, and so you can, you can give to that, all right? All right. I need a miracle. I need a miracle. So I was so excited about this series. Basically, we're going to go from the cross to the manger, okay? For the next four weeks, we're going to go to the cross. We're kind of going to go reverse. We're going to go to the cross to the manger. And I'm so excited about this series. I just wanted to jump in and start talking about the miracles of Jesus and, and, and really what my hope is with this series is that it would raise our expectation for God to do a miracle in our lives. And as I was working on the message, the Lord really spoke to me and he says, you need to build a foundation for this message. Because what I don't want is me start talking about miracles and start, you know, God doing the impossible and you tune me out because you're sitting there and you're, you're thinking, well, Pastor, I prayed for a miracle and nothing happened. I prayed for somebody to get healed and they didn't get healed, they actually passed away. And so I don't want you to tune me out today because maybe, maybe you've prayed for a miracle before, maybe you've prayed for a healing before and it didn't happen. And so I want to build a foundation today. I want to uh, bring a balanced approach to, to praying for miracles uh, because we've seen a lot of miracles. We've seen, uh, man, God do a lot in our church and, and the people that go to this church. And so I want to raise our expectation over the next four weeks. Because, man, I believe 2020, man, we're, we're going to jump into that fast. 2020 is going to be our best year of our life because it's going to be our best year spiritually, okay? And God's going to do, man, I am so excited, God's going to do so many amazing things, not only in this series, uh, but, but during our fast in, in 2020. Okay, 
I need a miracle. I need a miracle. Come on, let's pray and we'll get into God's word today. Father, I thank you for this, this moment. God, I thank you for every person in this room. God, you know the needs uh, of the people in this room. You know the needs of the people that are watching us online, Lord God. And maybe they're, they're sitting here and, and they, need it. they need a miracle. They need a healing. And they, they need you, God, to move in their life in a mighty, mighty way. So God, open our hearts, open our minds to your words, God. Not my words, your words, God. Let them fall on fertile soil. Let us leave this place a little bit closer to you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen and amen. So the first question is, why do some people get a miracle or get healed and some don't? And, and I feel like, that's a, like that's, a, that's a deep question, right? And I feel like maybe it's a question that, that all of us have gone through. Uh, you, you know, well, why do some people get healed? Why do some people don't? Why do some people get miracles and why some don't? And so I want to read a couple passages. We're going to be in Isaiah a lot in this series, okay? I want to read a couple passages today, and then I've got an illustration that is going to be awesome, okay? It's going to be awesome. All right, Isaiah 53, 4 through 6. Now, Isaiah is writing this passage 800 years before Jesus. And so what Isaiah is doing, Isaiah is looking towards the cross, right? He hasn't experienced the cross. He's looking, he's writing forward, right? He's looking towards the cross as he's writing this. This is what makes the Bible so supernatural. He says this, surely Jesus took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So you see that passage there, right? By his wounds, we are healed. Like, that's, that's, that's past tense, right? He, he says, by his wounds, we are healed. Now, we're going to read another passage in, 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 in Peter. And what's so interesting about this is that Jesus talks about iniquities and, and transgressions, right? Transgressions are, are sin that we unknowingly do. Like when you unknowingly drive 65 in a 45 Jesus says, obey the laws of the land, right? And, and that would be a, a transgression, right? Sinning, or, or even sinning that, man, you don't want to sin, but man, sometimes you just get tripped up by temptation and you fall into it. That's a transgression. And iniquity is something that you're caught up in. Iniquity is something that you're caught up in. It's like a cycle of sin and you can't get out of it. Listen to this miracle. Jesus paid for both of them. Jesus paid for all of our sin, past, present, and future. Jesus covers all of our sin. Man, what a miracle in that, okay? First Peter. Now, First Peter is writing this looking back at the cross, okay? So Peter experienced 
the cross of Jesus, right? He experienced, man, the piercing of the hands. And he actually got to see and spend 40 days with Jesus after, after he was crucified on the cross and he defeated death, right? And so Peter, as he's writing this, not like Isaiah, he's looking back at the cross. He's experienced what the cross has done. Let's read it. 1 Peter 2, 23 through 25. This is Peter. Peter says this, when they hurled their insults at him, Jesus did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live righteousness. Live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you are like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Okay, again, by his wounds, what? You have been healed. We are healed. We have been healed, right? Now, what's very interesting in both of these passages, now, there's actually a lots of different passages that associate these two things. It associates what? Sin and, and, and sickness, Right? Sin and sickness, okay? So, to my illustration. I've got my Holy Spirit tape. Okay. See if I can reach up here. Okay. All right. It is finished. Okay, those are the last words of Jesus as he's hanging on the cross. It is finished. Okay, so what has been finished? What's finished? Well, we know from those, those two passages that sin has been finished. Okay, sin has been finished. All sin has been finished. The second thing that has been finished is sickness. Sickness has been finished. Okay? So, what's been finished? Sin's been finished. What's been finished? Sickness has been finished. Right? We have been healed. He bore all of our sins on the cross. He bore all of our sickness on the cross. Okay? So how do, how do we, how do we get, how, how is it finished? How is our sin and sickness finished? It's finished through Jesus. This is what Jesus did. It's all through Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Jesus said, it is finished. So what did he finish? He finished sin, and he finished sickness, okay? So how, through Jesus, do we get, have our sins and sickness finished, okay? It's through forgiveness, right? Our sins are forgiven, Sins are forgiven, right? We receive forgiveness to finish our sin, right? 
And so, what do we receive? For our sickness, we are healed, right? Healing. We, we receive healing. Okay. Jesus, on the cross, said it is finished. What did he finish? He finished sin and sickness. How, do, how is our sin finished? It's finished through forgiveness. How is our sickness finished? It's finished through healing. We are healed, past tense, okay? Now, so if it's finished, why do we still sin and we still experience sickness? Right? Like, it's finished, right? It's finished on the cross. Jesus paid for it all, yet we still sin and we still get sick. And the answer for that is that we live in a broken and lost world. Adam and Eve, they screwed it up, okay? <laughs> they, they messed it up, and they brought sin into this world. They brought sin and, and sickness into this world. And so this is what we have to deal with. We have to deal with a broken and lost and hurting world that is dying. Now, I want to I, I detour for a moment. Psalms 147.3. Now this is David. He's looking forward to the cross. He says this about Jesus. He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. Now, when we talk about healing, right, when we talk about being healed, the first healing that takes place is inner healing. That, that, that Hebrew word, brokenhearted, actually means to, to shatter into a thousand pieces. So if, if you had a piece of pottery, right, and you just smashed it onto the ground, and it just, it just shattered into thousands of pieces, it would literally be impossible to pick up every single speck, right, uh, of shattered pottery and put something together. That's what Jesus comes to do. He came to do the impossible, which is to first give us inner healing. Come on. We were once lost, and now we're found. We were once in darkness. Now we live in light, and we have this inner healing, right? We, we, we were destined to eternal darkness and hell, but because of Jesus, now we're destined for eternity in heaven. So the first healing that takes place in each and every one of us when we give our life to Jesus is this internal healing of our soul. He has healed the broken hearted. And, and most of us, if not all of us, have experienced some type of broken hardness, right? Whether it's a loss of a relationship, maybe a divorce, Maybe uh, you've lost a loved one. We've all experienced some type of brokenheartedness. And, and the promise isn't that, you know, we're, we're going to take communion today. And the promise isn't that we won't be brokenhearted. The promise is that Jesus can give us inner healing from that brokenheartedness. That Jesus can make us whole. It's okay not to be okay to come to church with our mess and our stuff. But listen, God doesn't want us to stay that way. He's already bore, listen, he's already healed us. Man, by his wounds, we are healed, and we can receive that inner healing. 
no matter what the brokenheartedness in your life of what you've gone through. Okay, so I, I just needed, I just needed us to understand that. Okay, he man, all of us have been been healed when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Okay, now sin and sickness. Okay, we receive these two things the exact same way. How do we receive them? We receive them through through grace. Okay? We receive forgiveness and we receive healing that we're healed by grace. Okay? What is grace? Grace is unmerited favor. It is something that Jesus gives us that we do not deserve. Okay? And so it's through grace that our sins are forgiven. It is through grace that our sickness is healed. Okay? And so, it, 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 and if you're like me, if you're like me, okay, it's easier for me to believe this than this. Yet, they're given to us the exact same way through grace. We receive forgiveness and healing through grace in Jesus because he said it is finished on the cross. Now, how do we get to the grace? We get to grace through faith. Jesus says, you cannot please God without faith. You got to have faith, right? You got to have faith that Jesus said that it is finished and it's really finished that you are forgiven of your sins, right? You got to have faith that God's grace is unmerited favor, right, that heals our sickness. But here's the thing. Jesus says, if you have faith of a mustard seed, you can move mountains, okay? And so... What I want to address here in the moment is maybe some past things that you've heard or past things that you believe that can be really detrimental to us. And I know when I was growing up, I've had this said to me before, um, you know, praying for somebody and they didn't get healed or, or something didn't happen and I was believing for it. They said to me, well, you didn't have enough faith, brother. And that's why that person didn't get healed. Listen. Faith of a mustard seed, you can move mountains, okay? So we're, we can't heal anybody, okay? It's Jesus who does the healing. And, and so the, the pressure is not on us. Like, like the faith of mustard, like the pressure is not on us. Oh, I can't pray for healing. I can't pray for a miracle because I don't have enough faith. Listen, some of you, listen to me, some of you are going to get a breakthrough today by just asking God again for a miracle. Just, just that act of, of verbally asking God, God, I need this healing. God, I need this breakthrough. God, I need this miracle. And just, just by verbally having the faith to verbalize, to vocalize your need, sometimes is enough for God to answer that prayer. Another step sometimes is coming and getting prayer from somebody. 
and telling somebody else. James actually says, man, call the elders together, anoint them with oil, and, and pray that the sick will be healed, right? Like, that's why we have a prayer cove, right? So people can experience God's healing, God's breakthrough, God's miracle. Man, sometimes just, just vocalizing to someone else brings pow God's power into that situation. Jesus says, where two or three are gathered, I am there. And so there's there's power in vocalizing by, by telling someone. There, there, there's faith there. Our faith can be built by vocalizing, by telling someone your need, that I need a miracle, that I need a healing. And, and, and there's also that, man, that you're not, that security of knowing that you're not doing this alone, that somebody cares, that somebody's praying for you, that someone is journeying with you, whatever you're going through. Right, whatever you're going through. Okay, so we got to have faith, right? We got to have faith, but it's grace. Grace is how we receive our healing, and this is how we receive forgiveness, okay? At the end of the day, okay, at the end of the day, it's all about trust. At the end of the day, it's all about Trusting Jesus with your life that it is finished. About 12 or 13 years ago, I was on just this faith healing kick. I mean, I was just like in it. I was studying every scripture on healing, every scripture on, on, on faith that I could find. I was just in it. And, and uh, I was playing softball with our church softball team. And uh, there was a ball that was hit to the outfield, and, and I remember I was running around third base, and the outfielder threw it in, and the second baseman wasn't paying attention, and it hit him in the back of the head. So I was a little concerned, but I wanted to make sure that I scored first, and uh, just in case, and, uh, <laughs> and he didn't get up. He was, he was knocked out, like, like he was laying on, on the ground, and he wasn't moving, and, and so I remember running over to, to this guy and, and just grabbing his hand and just praying for him, and just praying and praying, praying healing over him, praying that, that, that he would be okay, and man, they brought the ambulance, they strapped him to the board, he was not moving, and they took him to the hospital, and I just knew in my spirit, I knew in my spirit that God wanted me to go pray for this guy. Like, I knew it, and I'm like, this is going to be awesome. You know, God's going to heal this guy. You know, whatever it is that's wrong with him, it's going to be it's gonna be great. And so, uh, man, we went home and, and, and took a shower and, and went to the hospital right afterwards, and there was lots of people there. Uh, like, both softball teams were there, and, and everybody was in the waiting room, and, and they weren't letting anybody in. They were, they were literally letting nobody in. I went up, pressed the button, they let me in. Went to the desk, asked for his name, and she's like, yeah, he's back here. They didn't let anybody in. They let me in, right? And so you want to talk about confidence, right? Like, I'm like, oh, this is it. God has called me. He's appointed me for this moment, for this guy, for this, you know. And so I'm walking into his hospital room. Nobody's there. There's a nurse there, and she leaves. And, man, I grab his hand, and he's just, he's out. Um, he's in a coma. 
And I grabbed this guy's hand, and I just began to talk to him, you know. I'm just like, man, there's power in the name of Jesus. You know, I'm, th- I'm going through all the scriptures. You know, I'm thinking, okay, what's his name? John. John, you know, come forth. You know what I mean? Like, like how did Jesus do it with Lazarus? You know what I mean? Just like, I, I am just trying to everything that I can, and, and I'm, I'm praying over this guy. And, and, man, I'm just rebuking death, you know, in the spirit of infirmity. I'm just, like, going at it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just, just calling this guy's name and, and healing over him. And all of a sudden, his wife comes in. His wife comes in. She's 26 years old. She has a, a two-year-old, and she's six months pregnant. And I find out that he hadn't played softball in, like, five years. And this is the first time that he had played in five years. And I guess the ball hit perfectly some type of tumor that he had in, in his head that he didn't know that he had, and it burst. And, and so he immediately went into a coma, and... and She's just weeping, and I just remember hugging this woman and just praying over her, praying over her two-year-old, praying over her unborn child in her life, and then I went back and praying for this guy. And, uh, man, I remember I was praying. I don't remember what I was saying to this guy, but all of a sudden, just the brain scans started going nuts. Like something was happening, like, like something was happening to this guy in this moment. The brain scans started going, like, like his vitals started going nuts and something, like I could feel it. God was doing something in this young man's life. And like I was ready for him to get sit up, you know what I mean? And then his mom came in and she's like, who's this guy? Like, and I, we don't know, like we don't know who this guy is. And, and I'm like, oh, I'm praying for him. And, and, uh, and then the nurse came in and she's like looking at the machine and it's going crazy and she's just like I don't know what's happening and she looked to me and she's like who are you and I'm like well I'm praying for this guy I played I played softball against them and I'm praying for him she's like get out of here like what are you doing here like I'm just I'm just let me stay and pray and she's like no you need to leave and so I left but I knew God had done something in this young man's life I knew that God was going to do a miracle in his life and and um, and we had hundreds of people praying for this young man, hundreds. And about a week later, we find out that he passed away. And I was just so distraught. Like, God, what? Like, like, I was there at the softball game that he was at, and I was praying for him. And, man, I was the only one that they let into the hospital. Like, like man, this was perfect. Like, God, what, what are you doing? And, and this is the phrase that the Lord gave me, Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. At the end of the day, whether we receive the healing, whether we receive the miracle, whether we receive the breakthrough or not, at the end of the day, we trust God. Because his ways are way higher than, like his thoughts are like way high. Like this is the God of the universe, right? He's, he's been here forever, right? And, and our thoughts are not his thoughts. His ways are not his ways. And in that moment, The Lord spoke to me, and he says, you don't know what I was doing 
in that young man's life in that moment. I was securing his eternal healing. I wanted to make sure that young man went to heaven with me. And I, I'll take care of his, his, his widow. I'll take care of those kids. And so at the end of the day, I'm just like, okay, God, I need to trust you, right? Whether I get the miracle or not, because I don't understand what you're doing in the background. I don't understand all your ways. I don't understand the purpose and the plan that you had for that woman and those children. And so at the end of the day, we trust God. Now, there's a real thing called the sovereignty of God, okay? What is that? What is the sovereignty of God? The sovereignty of God is that God is all-powerful, he's all-knowing, and he does whatever he wants to do, okay? Which is absolutely true, 100%. God does. Now, how the devil gets in and messes this up is he comes in and he says, well, God is sovereign, so... There's nothing you can do to change your situation. And so he, he, he we, the devil weasels his way in there and, and, and he lies to us and he says, well, you know that addiction? That's just who you are. That, that's part of who you are. That, that, that's how God has made you so you can never change. And what happens is, is we blame the sovereignty of God for our sin and our sickness. And what happens is we stop praying. And what the sovereignty of God can do is, is lead us to become complacent and lazy Christians. And that's exactly what Satan wants. Is God sovereign? Absolutely he's sovereign. Is he all-powerful? Absolutely he's all-powerful. But there are stories, and we're going to talk about this a lot next week. There are stories in the Bible where it seems where God changes his mind based on compassion. And we're going to see this next week. Jesus did a lot of miracles that he did not plan, but all of a sudden he was moved to compassion for people. And I think we forget that God has a mind, will, and emotions. And that he can be moved by his children. So there's a story in Isaiah chapter 38 about this king named Hezekiah. Hezekiah loved God. He was obedient to God. And, and God had just won in an incredible, a miraculous uh, uh, battle for him. Uh, the night before, the night before, God sent one angel to kill 185,000 enemies. 185,000 people. Like, that's why we read the Old Testament. It's very violent. And, and, but God gave Hezekiah the victory. Why? Because he was obedient. Because he loved God. And God sends Isaiah, who was his prophet at the time. He says, listen, go tell Hezekiah, you know, the sickness that he, that he just got. He's not recovering. He's not going to recover from this sickness. Um, and so he needs to... He, he needs to get his affairs in order. He needs to get his house in order because he's, he's going to die, okay? 
And so Isaiah delivers this, this message to him. And this is Hezekiah's response. Let's read it. Isaiah 38, 2 through 3. When Hezekiah heard this, he turned his face to the Lord and prayed to the Lord, Remember, O Lord, how I have always been faithful to you and have served you single-mindedly, always doing what pleases you. Then he broke down and wept bitterly. So if you can imagine this, this moment, and later on in this passage we see that, that man, Hezekiah didn't want to miss out on living in the abundance, living in the blessing of God. Like this was his time. Like his enemy was defeated. Like this was time for him to step into the favor, step into the blessing of God. And he's like, God, no. And he weeps bitterly. It is the cries of Hezekiah. Listen to me. It is the cries of Hezekiah that God's like, okay, I'll give you 15 more years. And so is God sovereign? Yes. Should we stop praying? No. Should we stop believing? No. Because Jesus said, it is finished. Our sins and sickness have been healed and forgiven. It is by grace that we receive both. When we have faith, we can move mountains and we can see God do amazing things. But if we, if we get our miracle, if we don't get our miracle, we still trust God. We still trust God. But listen, we don't. We just don't, well, God wants to heal me, heal me. No, 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 no. God is moved by our tears. He's moved by our cries. He's moved by compassion. Listen, God loves you. He doesn't want you to stay sick. He doesn't want you to stay brokenhearted. He, like, God loves you so much that he sent his only begotten son to die for us on this tree so it can be finished so we can receive forgiveness so we can receive healing listen we we've man we've seen god do so many things here we've seen people get healed of cancer hepatitis c we've seen marriages healed we we've seen and we've seen god do it and he wants to do it again. You know what I mean? Like, he wants to do it again in you. But we have to give him an opportunity. Are we going to be the people that cry out and say, God, I know my son, I know my daughter has been lost in the world for 20 years, but God, I'm not going to stop praying for their salvation. I'm not going to stop praying for their inner healing. going to be the people that moves God to compassion, to see God do a miracle. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes this morning. Maybe you'd say today, Pastor, I've never said yes to Jesus, and, and now I need to say yes to him today. I need my sins forgiven today, or Maybe you've drifted from the truth. Maybe you drifted from God, and, and now you just want to make a recommitment 
of your sins being forgiven. You want to make a recommitment to following Jesus all the days of your life. Every head bowed, every eye closed. This is your personal declaration of faith today. If that's you, just slip up a hand. I just want to pray with you today. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. You can put your hands down. And I just ask that we would say this prayer with those making the greatest decision of their life today. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sin, that you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing.